This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Um, just continuing our series here uh, today, just a couple of points I want to hit on um, that uh, has been stirring uh, on this series about choosing joy. This is the f- fourth week. We've kind of tempered everything with the church about it and uh, as, as, as messages these last four weeks. And uh, I'm going to talk about killjoys, things that, are just, that, that just destroy the joy in our life. Destroying the joy in our life, and or potentially can. Isaiah 61.3 has been our text. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. And so in this series, we've been speaking about, talking about choosing joy. And I want, I always bring a distinction here. I have, I should say, in these last few weeks about that it's the garment of praise, not necessarily the garment of worship. I want you to see that. Worship is powerful. I believe in worship. I love worship and entering in, but worship is, is more vertical. I mean, know what I'm saying? I, I can do that without you. But praise is something that takes all of us together and coming in, and, and there's an atmosphere that happens in praise to God. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so uh, a couple of verses quickly to go through them. Psalm 102, serve the Lord with gladness. Every Christian that loves the Lord this morning, smile. <laughs> We're supposed to serve the Lord with gladness. And, and how many of this week had, had to make a decision to choose joy? Four of you. Okay, great. Most of you are all joyful. That's wonderful. Wow, I must be doing my job. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with joy. Come before his presence with singing. It doesn't happen all the time, but it, it's a choice. And we, we said this. Uh, if you get anything about this series, joy is not an emotion. It's a choice. And I've had to choose joy in this series like never before. I mean, I'm working on this little project, this house. Yeah. And uh, I've finished the siding on one side, turned out okay and looks great, and get up to the top and nail the peak part high up there on a the scaffolding, and a yellow jacket comes out and stings me in the face. I don't know if you've ever been stung by a yellow jacket, but if you get stung in like soft skin, it's actually right here, probably right on my nose. I screamed, my wife came running out, thought I fell off the thing and died, went to heaven. <clears throat> and, and I went, ah! it was so painful. <clears throat> it was just like this injection of uh, some poisonous, <clears throat> anyhow. After tears, <laughs> just of like, and an ice cube, uh, I recovered. But I, at the moment, I wasn't choosing joy at that moment. But I made a decision. I'm going to kill all of those yellow jackets. No. <laughs> I'm going to choose joy. But I did set out to kill them. So. Psalms 104. <clears throat> Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give to him 
Give thanks to him, excuse me, and praise his name. Enter his courts with praise. The word praise in the Hebrew is the word tahileh. It means excitement, praise, and shouting. And I've shared this, that that's important because in this, in this society we live today, in the world today, uh, you just turn on the news, any channel, it's just, it's dark. It's one pitting against the other, and, and there's a left wing, right wing, and there's violence, and it's, it's really scary. Our police officers' lives are in danger, and our whole country is, is so different than it was when I was a kid. And usually these things, you know, 50, 60, 80 years, you can see changes. This stuff is happening fast. Satan is after the heart of our nation. And he doesn't want it to be a nation that loves and serves God. And so he's relentless, relentless in that. And so there's a spirit of heaviness that can come upon us. What I mean by that, that that spirit of heaviness is you take all this stuff in and you just start to begin to think that everything, it's just, it's all, it's all going to hell. And you know what? Hell is a real place. It's a real place. And it's very serious what's taking place out there in our, our, our world today. But in the midst of that, we can still choose joy. That doesn't mean we have our head in the sand, amen? It doesn't mean we're ignoring what's out there and we're pretending, no. We know it's dire. We know that our nation needs prayer, amen? But, but we can still make decisions and choose joy. And so how do you get out from under that fear? One of the ways I've found is we have to put on that garment of praise. Let me just say this. Every one of you, call it what you like or how you want to design, design it, God has a garment of praise for you that fits you. And we used the illustration a few weeks about how the priest had it and it was made of the royal blue and it was pomegranates that were sewn, you know, and then there was bells and he had 72 bells. And, and just think if I came up here with one of those things, you could hear me, you know, or if I went to the bathroom and came back, you hear me jingling, ding, 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 ding. hello everyone. Every time I move, I jingle. And, and, and I think that's a picture the Lord wants us in our lives, not to be walking around, you know, woo. <laughs> laughing all the time, but, but having a joy about our life in the midst of storms. Amen? And so, you know, most of the topics in the church world today, they're around depression, they're around anxiety, uh, messages, and I hear it a lot about, don't give up, don't quit your marriage, you know, don't, don't quit your family, don't, don't quit, don't quit church, you know, and just don't give up. People are lonely and people are chronically depressed and it's a very sad, sad situation. But let me just share briefly here of a couple points here about killjoys. And the first thing I think that can steal our joy, I know it has for me, is discontent. Discontent. That permeates our society today. People are just discontent. Dreaming about another day. You know, I used to do that a lot as a kid. You know what? When I get 19, I can't wait till I'm 19 because then I'll have freedom. I'll be able to. Then when I was 19, you know, at 24, 24 is going to be it. Maybe I'll be married by then, which I was, you know, hopefully or before 25, you know, and, and then, then 25 is just like, you know what? People don't respect me. Nobody really cares. You know, what? maybe when I hit 30, they'll start to. And then when I hit that, you know, I just keep going up and go up. And then 50, I wish I was 22 now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or even younger. But, uh, Anyhow, the, the point is, is that, that we, this discontent, 
you know what? When I just get this better job, everything's going to be all right. If I can make more money, and well, if I make more money, I'll be able to buy this, I'll be able to do that, and be able to be situated. Come on now. Uh, you know what? This truck is a jalopy. I'm sick of this piece of garbage. And yo, boy, I'd like to trade it and get something nice. And you know, I'll, be, I'll really be happy then. You know, if I have this certain thing, and, and and you know, once I have this new gadget or whatever, and it's just going to be so exciting. My my whole life's going to change. No, it's not. Amen. I'm sorry to be a killjoy, but it's not. I mean, I I remember years when the first of the four-door, the quad cabs came out on pickup truck. How many remember when that happened? It was like, wow. And I wanted one. And uh, like I would walk around claiming it. My wife was thinking, what? And so I, I so much wanted one of these. And I really focused on it. This was back in 2004. And I wanted a diesel. Because diesel at that time was like, it was like a dollar eighty or something a gallon, or maybe even less. And gas was always more than diesel. And I remember I got this nice Dodge, you know, and uh, it was just a nice three-quarter ton black quad cab. I was so excited. I loved it. And I got it, and I went. Then the first payment came, <laughs> and that quickly left the, you know my soul of, and, and it was a great truck, and, and it was fine. But then diesel went up to four or five dollars a gallon after that. So my point is, is that First Timothy six six, godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment. What does that mean? It seems like a foreign word in our vocabulary today. Nobody's content. They just want more. They want more people to notice them. They want to be noticed. And everyone wants a platform and to share. And godliness with contentment is great gain. Uh, I have more than once be the first to admit that I express discontent. And once again, you know, not blaming personalities, but I have more of a bent with a being a choleric temperament, DC, melancholic. And I can easily switch into, oh God, it's all going to hell. I mean, we're not going to, could, I could slip into that, but I have to watch myself and say, you know what? No. And choose certain things to help my attitude in situations. How many with me say amen? But sometimes I don't do that. And, and it's just the worst. You know, I've walked around and poor Kathleen one time came in in the back. It was a lake back there. I was going to put her in a canoe to bring her into church, you know, and the parking lot, the pothole, but the potholes are fixed, at least now, temporarily, thank God. But, you know, this building and the storm would creak, and then we have nests all up there of birds chirping whenever they're babies, and people ask, is that birds I hear? I says, Noah's Ark, man. We got Noah's Ark here. <laughs> You know, it's just little things like that. You don't know what breaker is, what wire, you know. But it, and so you can, how many know you can focus on the negative so quickly? And uh, but then you look at the positive. We have air conditioning. We have comfortable seats. Amen. You know, we, we, we've got a loving, a loving church family. And we're so, th- I, I need to be thankful. Thankful. Focusing on the positive things. Amen. Amen. You know, we do that as parents, too. We personalize it, you know. We have get married, have little kids, and then we're so excited, you know. It's like, are they gonna walk? Oh, they're gonna walk. Yes, hurry up, get that on Instagram, you know. They're walking, they're walking, you know, or their first poop or whatever, some kind of. And then you, you know, you carry them through this, and then it's like, is he gonna talk? I can remember exactly when my son Zach uh, talked the first time. I don't know, it was probably about 15 months to 17 months, and all it was was a slur. That was it. I was so sad. He spoke to me, my son, you know. 
and and then they get older, and then you know you 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 know you just you want to communicate with them, and then they get older, they start leaving their clothes around, they don't flush the toilet, and then they just don't shut up. Come on now, and we're discontent, you know, we're discontent, you know. So it's it's the someone said this, a preacher said this, he said it's he calls it the good old days theories. I remember the good old days, you know? Some of you are still trying to get the good old days. You know what? Here's the thing. Today's never the good old days. It's either the days in the future or it's either the days gone by. Come on now. Isn't that right? Good old days. Friends, God wants the good old days to be today. God, let me say that again. God wants the good old days to be now. Not back in the 50s. I knew this guy, a godly Christian man, and he was involved in his church and and he loved the good old days because he grew up in the 50s in all the old cars. And I like car shows and I like restoration and I think it's beautiful. Uh, but he, there was something a little bit different. When I was around him, he just kind of had this, hey, hey, you know what, this, this weekend we could, we could go to, you know, there's another car show here. And every weekend he was at a car show and he had a nice old car. And, but he would walk around and he would buy, you know, the hot dogs or whatever. And he was like hoping for that somehow he could be transported back to the 50s. Friends, those days are gone. And if we're going to make the good old days, we got to make it today. Today is the good old days. And so, um, <clears throat> one of the culprits, let me just say this, of discontent, is that we look at other people and we have this comparison that goes on. Pastor, are you going to go there? Yes, I am. Discontent. Comparison. Sometimes you look at a vacation. It's like they were on a vacation and there's all these wonderful pictures, you know, and they just look great and they just look tanned and buffed or whatever. And they're having the time of their life. And I'm stuck here working, freezing in this cold weather. I'll say it like that. Or too hot weather or whatever it is. Come on, I know with me. And you, you, they look at it and, and they go to some play, fun place and, and, you know, they took their kids and, and we can't afford that. We can't do that. And we get comparison going on. I just think of this thing about how a sister in Florida, there was some selfie on Instagram, and the girl took like she's going on a uh, hike somewhere that is some famous place, and she was actually in her backyard. So her sister went over and took and posted and said, she's just in the backyard. Ended that right away. <laughs> and so it's all, you know, this comparison, like, like my life is somehow better than someone else's. No, it's not. We all need Jesus, and we're all in pain, amen? And we all need God in our life, and we all need to choose joy, amen? Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, we don't compare ourselves with those who we think so much of themselves. We are, but they are foolish to compare themselves with themselves. So what is that saying? It's just not wise, hear me, to compare the miserable part of your life with everybody else's highlight because they are really not living it like you think they are. They're really not. So Philippians 4.11. Philippians 4.11, if you're able to read that, it says this, Paul saying, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned, oh, get this right now, learn to be content. Can we just say that? Say learned to be content. Whatever the circumstance, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to be have plenty. Once again, he says it again two times. I have learned the secret. 
There's a secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. You know, you could probably say that, you could pattern that verse in your own life today. It's okay. I don't have a decent car. we, We need a new church building. Or we have no money. We have no helpers. We have no this, no that. And this is too crazy. That's too crazy. And But then we can make a choice and say, you know what? I'm so thankful. When everybody shows up at church happy, people give. They're all serving. Uh, People love one another. People are being, acting like Christ. Amen? We have to learn the secret of being content. How do I learn this? The next verse tells us. The next verse in Philippians 4.13, Paul declares, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Contentment comes through Christ. I'm going to say that again. Your contentment is going to come in your relationship, in your communion with Christ. Contentment comes through your relationship with Christ. Not things, not outward circumstances, definitely. Not what's going on in society, our world today. Contentment comes through your personal relationship, not your wife's. Come on. Or your husband's. Your personal relationship with the Lord, contentment comes through that. Thank you for that one amen. The secret of being content is not a program or a philosophy. It has nothing to do with your material possessions. The secret is Jesus Christ, him and your life, drawing near to him. The secret is Jesus. The apostle Paul focused on eternal life, the love of God and the forgiveness of sins. What he had in Christ was far greater than what he didn't have in life. Did you see that? And so Paul, he recognized that contentment is an attitude we learn and not a thing that we achieve. He had learned to be content regardless of his circumstances. And so how many know we need to count our blessings, amen? And focus more on what we have and less on what we don't have, amen? Godliness with contentment is great gain. Another reason, quickly here, we'll end with this, is neglect. Luke 10, 21, Acts 13, 52, a couple of verses. When I mean neglect, we've neglected the source of joy. The source of joy, which means we're not spending enough time with the source of joy. And if the joy of the Lord is our strength, that means we may not be spending, if we don't have that joy, enough time with the Lord. How many with me say amen? Yeah, I'm going to go there. Maybe you're not reading your Bible consistently. How many know that every single one of us, as a believer, we are commanded to study to show ourselves approved? We are to read the Word. Myself included. Oh, I missed today. Hey, there's no condemnation. Come on. Uh, But just the hunger. See, healthy things have an appetite. Did you get that? Healthy. When you're sick... And someone goes and they're all eating and everything. You're like, you don't even, food is horror. That's abnormal. Because why? When you're healthy, you're hungry and you're like, give me some of that. And, oh, that was filling. That was good. See, when you're healthy, you're hungry. When you're unhealthy, you're not hungry. And so, so we should be feeding. And I don't mean this to be a heavy, but the truth of the matter is, is that if we're losing this joy, our source of joy is Christ, Christ alone. And so, you know, you, you say, I'm not praying as much. And come to Saturday prayer here. There's no condemnation. We have a core group of people, but we'd love to have you. You say, I haven't been in a long time, and I show up. You know, when you show up, you get hugged, you get prayed for, and you have a great time. Guaranteed, by the time you leave, you go, I'm so glad I spent that hour in prayer. 
Amen. So I just want to encourage you, come to prayer. Come to prayer on Saturday morning from 9 to 10 here. <clears throat> if you need help with that, there are people here to help encourage you. You know, there's way too many people overexposed and underdeveloped, like, like something like a bad picture. And, and some of you are pouring out more than what you're taking in. That's a drought. That's, that's a, neg a negative. That's, you're, you're, be, you're, you're being emptied. You know, I don't mind pouring out. <clears throat> I, I don't mind being empty, but I need to get filled. Right? When I dispense and I share and I preach, I'm, I, I, there's a sense of like a draining in me. But, but this whole week starts back up where I fill myself back up again. How many hear what I'm saying? That's a good thing. That's rhythm. That's rhythm. How many know we are to be giving out, but we are also to be taking in? How many with me say amen? <clears throat> and so uh, if you let them, you know, some people, they'll pull the bells of joy right off your garment. And next thing you know, you're walking around, there's no jingling. And you don't have any left. Here's the thing, joy leaks. Joy leaks. And <clears throat> I just want to encourage you today to make prayer, to make worship, to make praise, to make reading God's word, studying and attending church, make it a priority in your life. Amen? Can we do that? And so one source of joy is, I want to end with this here, uh, is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it's love, joy. It's the second fruit of, uh, of the Spirit, right? That's what it says there in, in the Scripture in Corinthians. Love, joy, peace. Notice the Scripture says that Jesus, a couple of verses here in Luke 10, it says this. At that time, Jesus, watch this, full of joy through what? I'm going to say it again. At that time, Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said. Once you get that. Joy is connected to the Holy Spirit. Okay, how many see that say amen? Acts 13, 52. One more to help. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. That's you and I. The disciples were filled with joy. and with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and joy flowed together. That's where joy comes from. You and your relationship with God and the Holy Spirit in your life. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? Joy comes from the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The disciples on the day of Pentecost were so full of joy and that when they came out of that upper room, actually, the people in the street thought that they were drunk. They were drunk after they left the upper room. Now, I've never been drunk, don't have a desire to, because I don't drink, and I don't ever really want to experience that because I don't like being out of control. Can I get an amen, all right? Uh, but however, what they had in Acts chapter 2 seems really exciting to me. Come on now. Other people thinking, you know, there's something exciting about what's going on with these people. They're all, you know... Um, you I mean, like, like, what did they have to be acting like to make them think, oh, these people are drunk at this early in the morning? I mean, was it this real serious response when they came out of the upper of the room and they were just kind of walking down and just going, we're full of joy, we're full of joy? No. They were acting, ah! <laughs> Woo! Glory to God! And they're thinking, these people are drunk. How I many with me say Amen. They were happy, they were excited, they were filled with joy, and that's unnatural in this world. 
It's unnatural. It's, it's something that's visual. You could be at a restaurant eating, all of a sudden you hear a table of people just roar, laugh. What's the first thing you do? You look over there, right? Because what's so funny? You know what? Joy, joy. And here's the thing, and we're going to conclude with this. The problem is everybody, just hear me out here, has a need to be drunk. Because everybody has pain. Every one of you go through pain, myself included. Every one of you has a coping me mechanism. In other words, every one of us has a bottle in some form. Now just follow with me. So what's your bottle? Your bottle might be watching TV till 3 a.m., Netflix, maybe playing video games all night. Maybe you're on Facebook. For, am I preaching really good or what? Come on now. Come on. What, what is your bottle? I don't know what your bottle is. I know what mine is, but uh, every single one of us has a bottle. I, I can really feel the Spirit of God trenching the bottom of the lake right now. Maybe, you know, you're buying stuff on Amazon. Packages all the time, and the bill comes. Okay, uh, you know what, what? What are you out of control? What is your coping mechanism? Amen, Pastor Mike. In other words, it's the way that you get drunk. It's the way that you get drunk. Some of you are getting drunk by clicking the mouse, soothing the pain, doing something to cope. Some of you are just plain old getting drunk. Here's the thing, I can't stop your pain. I know somebody that can. And I can give you a different way to get drunk. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen? So, so I, I, I deliberately altered this verse. I omitted something, just so you know. Most of you are spiritually literate. You'll know what this verse, the blank spot is, but it's the point I'm trying to drive home here. It says this. And do not get drunk with... For that... No, just don't say it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Do not get drunk with, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on now. I don't know what your model is. We always go to one thing, okay? Some people drink and they don't go crazy, okay? They're just normal in that. that that's their choice. But, but do not get drunk with whatever, for that is debauchery, but what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Stand with me if you would, please. I left that blank on purpose. Because you know what? For, but probably for many of us, I would say that it might be something else. It might not be alcohol. What are you doing to soothe your pain that speaks to us all? What are you doing? But I want you to see something. The Bible says this, the last part. It says, watch this. It says, instead, instead, but, instead, instead, get filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know where all of you stand on the Holy Spirit and, you know, maybe you've been attending church for a little while or maybe you're new. And, but Church for the Harvest has a Pentecostal charismatic theology. I don't apologize for that. You know, years ago, I used to be kind of like, oh, what? You that church is speaking tongues, like I should somehow be sheepish, whatever. Absolutely I do. Because I know what it's like to be full of the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Now, now uh, that's, uh, I'm not comparison or anything like that, but what I'm saying that, that that we believe here that there is a second experience after salvation where you can receive a heavenly prayer language. Man, I feel God. A heavenly prayer language. What? You're talking? I don't know about that tongue thing. I read it was demonic. I read it was this or that. You read wrong. You haven't been reading the Bible. 
because it's in the Bible. It's done away with. No, it's not done away with. Who told you? The Bible says in the end, when knowledge, the end will be when knowledge ceases and all the gifts ceases and we focus, the gifts are done. Do we still have knowledge today? Yes. It's still good for you today. It's not done. It's not done. So you can go your whole life ignorant of this. Your whole life and miss out on a whole level of joy. Some of this is a little shocking for you. Like, what is he talking about? I'm talking about an experience that God will give you personally. He will come subsequently. And in addition to you being saved, already a Christian. You're saying, well, am I not a Christian if I don't have it? No, not at all. No, you've confessed Christ, you're born again. Jesus is your Lord, you're going to heaven. But let me just tell you something. When I was in the Marine Corps, and I've shared this before, they would, as you picked up rank and time and service, they would give you certain things. And you, you get your canteen, you usually have a first aid kit. Now it's so different. Back then it was an Alice pack, and I had my M16A1. And, and then they came out with the new, from the old 45s, you know, the 1911 Smith & Wesson, and then they came out with the 9mm Beretta, and I just got out at that time. So every time they said, okay, Corporal, or Lance Corporal, Corporal Barr, or whatever, you, you qualify for a pistol, you can go to the armory and get it. Some guys go, I'm not carrying another pistol. I went to the armory to grab the pistol. Why? I might need that someday. Now, I'm talking military stuff here, but how many hear what I'm saying? And so the same thing is in for the realm of the spirit. Hear me. God has equipment for you. He has tools for you. He has armament for you. He has stuff for you. And one of them is the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And that is for you. You say, you mean, you mean my, he come into my life and I can receive a heavenly language and I'll be one of those tongue prayers? Absolutely. You'll be amazed how to be filled. The Bible says, praying in the Holy Spirit, edifying yourself. It means in the Greek, charging, building up. When you pray in the Spirit, that's what we do. We pray in our understanding. I pray in that heavenly language. Something's happening. Here's the thing. I don't know why I'm on this, but <clears throat> I just feel God. <clears throat> I had a roommate, and his name was Lawrence Soul, godly man. T.S.O. was his high school, his last name. He was a Navajo Indian in Bible school. And I, I called him one time, Chief Nowanison, and he didn't like that. And, and, and so I was just, it's a joke. We were friends. We were close. And, but he would get up in the morning real early, like 3.30, and we had small dorms. We were in it, and he would pray over the toilet just to be quiet. So he'd pray in the toilet. And he would pray in the spirit, pray in understanding. And I was filled with the spirit, but I would go up because I couldn't sleep then, go into another place in my car and just pray and just pray in my car, shut the door, whether it was winter or, or spring or summer, and, and just pray in my car. It was only a quiet place. I mean, you're in Bible school. What are you supposed to do? You know, right? And so, so you, you pray. And I remember... Uh, they made some movies about this, some military movies, but it's a fact back in the Second World War, the Japanese kept tapping our lines. Every time we'd have communication, they would tap the lines they would know and whatever language we used. Well, some generals got smart and they decided, you know what? We need to find a language that nobody can tap. And one of that language is the Navajo language. I don't know if you've ever studied the Navajo language. There's a word that's like this long and they can read, it's like every letter of the alphabet and they know what that is. The Japanese could not figure it out. So they, they took 17 or 20 of these Navajo uh, Indians and they would communicate on the radio. They call them wind talkers. And they would talk and the Japanese were like, 
What are they talking about? And we would get in, we would do excursions, and it helped us win the war. My brothers and sisters, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues is the battle tool you need to help you win the war. The, the Holy Spirit is there. He wants to give you insight. He wants to pray through you. Come on now. He wants to pray through you. And Satan can't tap your line. He can't tap. He don't know what you're talking about. He knows, he knows something's going on and he gets out of there because he can't stand the presence of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism. Every head bowed, please. Stop ignoring the Holy Spirit. Receive him in that capacity. I sense God because God's approval is on what is being spoken right now. Many of you are filled. We are not better than someone that it's not. That's not what we're talking about. you got to look at it in the avenue of it's armament. It's help. In some of you, you're desperately crying. You need that help. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do something really bold here today. We haven't done it in a while. But if that's you and you say, Pastor, I, I would like to receive that gift. I'm not going to embarrass you. But just a show of hands. Can I just see your hand going up? Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. God bless you. Any, I see you in the back. Thank you. God bless you. I want to receive that gift. I feel the Spirit of God is stirring within me. That joy, I need that joy. I need that joy. And some of us, you've been around it, and, and, and it's, it's dormant. It's dormant. You let the cares of this world, you let the concerns of this life get into you. And it's just, it's just you have to go back. You just got to go back to it. You got to just begin again. You got to begin again. And just begin to pray. Pray in that heavenly language. You'll be amazed. As you open your mouth, God will fill it. As you open your mouth, what I find here up in the upper Midwest, a lot of people sometimes just stand there with their hands and they look up and they wait and like, well, nothing happened. No, the disciples, they opened their mouth. They stepped out in faith. When they did that, God moved. God moved. The source of true joy is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And he's here today. He's here today. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.